So I started to look at this and I went, I really think that 16 Beyond has the capability to be the best time ever. And I want to go into this at my very best I've ever been in my life, which I think is so super cool that I'm going into my 60s, the fittest I've ever been, like the healthiest I've ever been, you know? And it's not like I wasn't always into this. Like I've been, I mean, I was teaching dance and calisthenics in high school. Like I've always been into this, but I just really hyper-focused on as you're aging, and it came from this idea from Peter Atia, where he talks about the centenarian decathlon, and you want to be doing, being able to pick up your grandbabies or great grandbabies when you're 90. If you want to be carrying groceries up the stairs, all these things you want to be able to do then, you have to train for now. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. I just got off a call with my girlfriend, Dr. Club community, and we talked about things like self-sabotage. We talked about how we need accountability and we recognize that, how we get so frustrated and angry at ourselves when we find ourselves in the same place after achieving su such success. For example, Colleen said that she'd gained weight back after having lost it all and she feels defeated and angry at herself. Another um, member said that, you know, just one sweet will spiral her out of keto green and down this down, you know, down this unhealthy pattern. And she repeats it over and over and over again. And this is about mindset. This is about positivity. And I get it. I have been there myself. In fact, you know, like it's always one step in, another step out, right? It's that constant process of really having the ability to establish the patterns, the habits, the lifestyle, the legacy that we want is by the daily things we do on a daily basis. Oftentimes we find that we end up spiraling because we stop doing the things that made us successful to begin with. So today I'm going to share with you, I'm going to have a conversation. I, I just laugh because I love my friend JJ Virgin. You guys, I would not be where I'm at today without JJ Virgin. I'm telling you this because she is just amazing. She's been a friend for a long time and she's been an inspiration. She is the founder of the Virgin Diet, the Sugar Impact Diet, and the Warrior Mom book on mindset. So we're going to talk to her about mindset. Listen, I've recommended the Virgin Diet in my medical clinic, the Sugar Impact Diet. I use that as a guide in my own creating my own food and health style and keto green plan is really low glycemic effects as well as the seven foods that we want to avoid. So you guys, her books are amazing and they work. 
And she is amazing. And she's a person that I highly fond of and has been one of my mentors and friends for quite a long while. So let me, with no further ado, bring on the amazing JJ Virgin. Well, welcome friend. It's good to see you, JJ. Thanks for coming back on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Well, I came back because I wanted to hang out and chat with you. It was the only way I could get your time. <laughs> I know. We have to book on each other's calendars. Yeah. Like other than a quick text here and there. I know. What's a gal got to do to hang out with the girlfriend doctor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person sometime soon so I can hug your neck. And I'd love for you like, to fill in. You were just talking about this before we started recording. But you're going to be 60 in a couple weeks at the time of this recording. So in April, by the end of April, you'll be 60. And you said that at your 50s, you've been living the best life ever. And you expect it to get better and better. And there's a mindset shift around that. So I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit about your your journey and the, this this process that you're embracing this lifespan you're embracing. Yeah, something happened, like as I started to look at turning 60, and it really happened at the beginning of this year, because before that, it wasn't real. <laughs> I was like, ignore. <laughs> I thought, you know what, I am going to train for this. Like, I want to enter this decade, which I thought was my sixth decade. And someone nicely said, No, it's your seventh decade. I go, you know what, it just, pfft. yeah, some, some mean, like 30 year old said, yeah, that. that's just, that's just, you know, it's wrong. It's like, picky. it's like, yeah. it's like letting someone know when they're pregnant, that's actually 10 months. These are just, we don't need to know. <laughs> right. So true. Right. So I just started to think about it. I thought, gosh, you know, really the last 10 years have been amazing. I always joke that if I'd known what it would be like to be in my fifties, like that little flip and, you know, cause you were at my 50th birthday weekend, which was the best thing best. ever. Uh, and I'm going to do something big for my 70th too. Uh, just oh so my you. gosh. I can't wait. I mean, Miami um, beach. Yes. Tequila, definitely definitely a Miami thing. More, so more good. Miami, more tequila. I just, just was there actually. So anyway, I digress. So I started to look at this. I went, I really think that 16 beyond has the capability to be the best time ever. And I want to go into this at my very best I've ever been in my life, which I think is so super cool that I'm, going into my sixties, the fittest I've ever been, like the healthiest I've ever been, you know, and it's not like I wasn't always into this. Like I've been, I mean, I was teaching dance and calisthenics in high school. Like I've always been into this, but I just really hyper-focused on as you're aging. And it came from this idea from Peter Atia, where he talks about the centenarian decathlon and, and what, if you want to be doing, you know, being able to pick up your grandbabies or great grandbabies, when you're 90, if you want to be carrying groceries up the stairs, all these things you want to be able to do, then you have to train for now. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I saw this study and this study said that people who are positive about aging, live seven years longer on average than people who aren't. Can you, I mean, seven years. That's amazing. Years. Seven that's years, dramatic. that's significant. Yeah, but I don't want to live seven years like, you know, crappy. I want to live mm -hmm. seven amazing years. Like I want to be, my mom's 93 and golfing, you know, I want, I want that. And so I literally went, okay, so if that's the case, what do I need to do? And I immediately looked at how I could start lifting heavier and I've backed off weights and all that for years. I've just been like, oh, it's, I've been in a rut. I'll, I'll admit it. And cause I was lifting heavy enough and I went, no, I'm going to go lift heavy. I'm going to go as hard as possible. Like, you know, throw some big, heavy stuff around at the gym. 
And the first thing I discovered was that I couldn't do that in a fasted state. And it's interesting as I've been peeling through the research, because I think you and I agree that diets are tools and that you have to choose the right tool for whatever it is you're doing. And for me, the first thing I wanted to do was see how much muscle I could put on. So I had a DEXA scan. I actually put on weight because that's what I had to do to put on this muscle, which I will admit as a female freaked me out mm -hmm. a little bit, but I knew what I, I was like, you're doing this on purpose, right? <laughs> and then I went and did a DEXA scan and I was 14% body fat, which wow. the last time I'd done a DEXA scan, I was 39, 20 years prior and I was 13% body fat, same weight. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And now I'm going to see, I naturally like, you know, for women, it's great if we're 20 to 25% body fat. I just right. happen to be one of those people who's a super mesomorph and I've always been really lean. Like I remember at one point I had 10% body fat, wow. totally regular periods, everything else. I'm just one of those. That's just my body type. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, now that, now that I've got this now, how can I start really shifting up my workouts, putting in more hit training, walking after I eat, adding in some, some agility work and plyometrics. And I've just been messing around with this. And what's been really interesting and why I think this has been working so well is I know I have another DEXA coming. Yeah. And so I've been training for it and I've been tracking my macros and focused on getting at least a gram per pound of a target body weight in protein. So I get at least 150 grams of protein a day, at least 30 grams at a meal. And I track every single thing on my, on this app called this carbon app. And carbon? what's been fascinating, it's called carbon. carbon. It's a very easy app to use, which is great. We like I, easy. Know, right I like down. easy, man. Easy button is my button. And it's also been very interesting because I've been playing around with where do I feel best with carbs and, and mm -hmm. fat and protein right. and all of that and really telling like crazy. I'm I'm now convinced that heard that 40, we, we underestimate what we eat by 40%. And it's been interesting is to really kind of see where do I feel best, which I've discovered I feel best basically with higher protein, loads of non-starchy vegetables a little bit of fruit. And then the fats mainly come in the protein and then, you know, things like olive oil and that's it. That's like, that's it. It's easy peasy. But the two things that I added beyond that, as I started to dig into this are creatine, mm -hmm. which I think every woman 40 plus, it, it is a non-negotiable that you must be on creatine. First of all, we have 70, 80% less creatine than men. If you're vegan or plant-based, you are not going to get your creatine in. And this is like, just, you know, you look at this and, and go, most women are getting 40 to 65 grams of protein a day. They're not even getting what right. they need to trigger mTOR to build, to go through muscle protein synthesis. They're low in creatine. And you look at the research on creatine and, and, and I, I'd always known it from the bodybuilding world. So I was like, mm -hmm. eh, right, you know, right. and then I started to really unpack the information about it with sarcopenia. What's wild for women is between the age of 50 and 60, 11% of us have sarcopenia already. Like that is frightening because our prime muscle building years are not in our fifties and sixties, you know, they're in our twenties and thirties and forties. Right, right. Like we really, you know, and, and then you have something like an injury or an illness and you're sedentary and you lose muscle. It's very hard to get it back. Or if you're like most women, you've focused all your life on losing weight instead of building muscle mm -hmm. and you've damaged your metabolism. So and I think that's a really important statement, shifting from the concept of losing weight to building muscle. Muscle is magic in menopause. Like I right. have to say muscle that. Muscle is so magic. Important. 
I call muscle, there's two things about muscle that, that are so easy to remember. Number one, it's a metabolic spanks. Everyone gets that immediately. It holds everything in tighter. You know, women are like, I don't want to build muscle. I'll get bigger. No, it, it makes you smaller because it's like someone just put spanks on you. But the cool thing is it also not only holds everything in tighter, but it requires more energy to be on your body. So it's going to burn more calories and muscles also a sugar sponge. So it gives carbohydrates a place to land rather than on your belly, because that's where we store energy for our next big workout. Because we don't, if you're working out really hard, you know, there's this whole thing with fasted workouts and we need to be fast when we work out. So we burn more fat. But the reality is women burn fat easier than men do number one. But number two, when you're really doing the right type of exercise, which is intensity, you're not using fat, you are using sugar. And that is in those glycogen stores in your muscles. So you gotta, you gotta have the muscles, then you have the carbs to store in the muscles, right? So mission critical there. And that's so true because you can see that from wearing a continuous glucose monitor. I mean, we're not taught this, but wearing a continuous glucose monitor, you know, which I wore for all of a, you know, a year writing Keto Green 16. But when I did my intense boxing workout, or I did an intense workout, the glucose would bike. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a fasting state, it's important. And like, it's, it's beautiful how your body's designed, but you yeah. need that glycogen. So yeah. do you think there's a difference though? You're very, very lean versus someone with a 30% body fat. Is it the same? I think it's even more important because here's the thing, like, okay, so you look at our now statistics that six point, it's 6.8% of the population are supposedly metabolically healthy. That yeah, would mean crazy. that they are insulin sensitive. The first way that you restore your insulin sensitivity is through your muscle. Yeah. If you put muscle on, if your sole focus to begin with is having really high quality muscle, right. And putting on muscle, that muscle is going to help you be more insulin sensitive, which is going to help you be able to burn more fat. Right. So it's such an emotionally better place to be than getting on the scale and trying to lose weight. First of all, if you're losing weight, but not losing your waist, if you're losing muscle, not fat, you're making yourself worse, not better. It is the big concern right now with Wegovy and, and all the semaglutide type drugs yeah. out there is it's supposedly it's like 50% of the weight you're losing is muscle. Right. Now, I think there's a way well, to and you become it. leptin resistant as a result of it. So then the research is showing the weight gain back. But there's that, you know, that concept, it's creating some leptin resistance. So yeah, so what's the way to offset yeah. it? What what a mess. <laughs> so you know, what, I've been what, in medicine 30 years, right? 30 over 30 years. And so Oh my gosh, wait, a little bit of 20, almost 35 years. But anyway, I know so it's like since, you keep saying you go, wait, that's, that's actually not right. That's actually <laughs> not right. <laughs> so it's been a long time, over three decades. And what I've seen in medicine with weight loss formulations is that it's not long term. So like the whole thing comes back to the foundations, the quality of life, yeah. what we do on a regular basis, what gets us to the next step. Sometimes, again, sometimes we need a crutch. Yeah. Uh, but to recognize that's what it is. I don't think it's it's wrong to help you get over the hurdle of weight loss yep. resistance. But, you know, early on when I was in graduate school, all of the research being done in grad school was on cardio. And everything was, if you wanted to lose weight, you had to burn 500 calories more a day doing cardio. Right. And I looked at that and I was the rogue student who decided to do strength and hypertrophy as my graduate program work, because I looked at this and I went, well, that doesn't make sense because that's like, you're never saving any money. It's like no investments. 
right? You're just spending every day. You're, mm. you're spending. I thought, Great what example. If, right. You just, you're going to change your interest rate because you're going to invest by building high quality muscle. And so I comp- that was my whole thing. That's what I did with everybody. And the whole mantra out there was don't lift weights. You should lose weight first by doing cardio and then lift weights. I go, that's bass backwards. And you look at something like these drugs right now, which I think are going to really shine a light on this. I think what they will do that's good is really show us that we have to pay attention to muscle because apparently like 50% of the weight loss right now they're saying is from muscle and that the weight regain post going off, it is like 90% or something. And if you looked at that, you go, all right, you're not gaining back muscle. You're gaining back more fat than muscle. You're losing muscle and fat. Then you're gaining back more fat than muscle. And you've just damaged your metabolism further. So you shouldn't be able to use these things unless you like sign a contract, you know, that I will do resistance training and take creatine and, you know, do all the things I have to do. I can't have this. That's my opinion, but yeah. No, I mean, I I hear you too. And that's been my concern as well. And I think that whole concept that physiologically, it's creating that leptin resistance. So the hunger comes back, you're easy, more easily able to gain the weight back and always think, okay, what do we need to do to, you know, to transition, especially midlife into our second spring with mindset and with, you know, and with the right techniques, the right behaviors. Now, just because JJ went to the gym and started lifting crazy heavy, I'm still nursing a shoulder injury, which I'm going to inject with peptides and stem cells. Because when I was in New Orleans at our longevity meeting, Da Vinci 50, I'm like, how heavy of a barbell, you know, can I lift? (laughs) And I was just like, oh, let me just see, let me do the point of exhaustion. Well, I pulled, I pulled a muscle. So needless to say, always like, right, you know, it like baby steps. So so here's (laughs) the thing that's important in, in thinking about lifting heavy weights. You don't start there. You go there. <laughs> I wasn't starting. And what's interesting when you look at muscle hypertrophy, because back when I was in school, there were absolutes. Like the strength range was one to five. The hypertrophy range was eight to 12. As, as if there was some magic thing that happened between eight to 12, but if it went to 13, it changed, right? Now we know it's probably more like six to 30. And what really is important is, can you get close to failure? And here's the thing. If you can't lift heavy, lift long. And if you can't lift heavy, lift long and put those blood flow restriction cuffs on. So there's always ways around this to create the hypertrophy and build the strength. It's amazing. You just have to look for the different ways. And I think it's it makes a lot of sense to work with someone first so that you make sure you're doing things in good yeah. form and progressing correctly. <laughs> yeah. When is your new book coming out? likely so we're going to do a public television show with it and i am doing a trial probably a research study trial which is super exciting with one of our friends it's being worked on right now so it will not be till the end of next year but in the interim we are doing now like this fall we start a first trial so we'll be doing trials with our community and doing it and i'm already like you know i mean the way i create these books is by taking people through the programs refining listening like i've been pulling some people through now so this one will be a two-year project because there's. I just want to make sure that we've done everything to make this really, really solid because I am just committed. Like the more that I've dug into this research and it really all started with looking at intermittent. You have such good 
intuition too. Uh, well, I mean, you have such good intuition. So here's here's what I sort of look at. You know, the stuff with the fasting mimicking diet with Walter Longo, and and then you know eating low protein and, and low protein and fasting be important for longevity. And it's interesting because I've started to look at some of the people who are eating one meal a day who are now older and they're, they're sarcopenic because you can't possibly get the protein you need in, you know, you can only assimilate so much protein at one meal, like probably 50 grams. It's going to depend on your size, your muscle, all of that, but you can't eat hundred grams of protein at a meal. And so you look at this and go, you need a pulse to pulse mTOR. And this whole thing with a lot of these diets was to keep that low. So to prevent cancer. But if you look at the research around cancer, it is rare in fit people, rare, right? Well, and also I think the whole thing with the one meal a day, I mean, I would say the difference between him and her, he has 10 times as much testosterone, which is protective and anabolic versus her, which is going to go into a catabolic breakdown, acidic state right. a lot sooner. And what does that mean? We lose bone, we lose muscle, we lose collagen, we get more wrinkles and gray, and it's just not, not good. Yeah. No, thank you. No, no, thank no, you. no. So, you know, I really started to look at all this. And when you start to look at the statistics around frailty, you realize like the frailty link with grip strength, with walking gait, with ability to balance on one leg. I now don't hate my yoga teacher for all the weird poses she makes me do. Cause now I was like, oh, okay, th there's a reason for this. But if you look at the statistics and the increases in all cause mortality from any of those things, you're like, holy smokes. It, it's, it is, I got to tell you, and I feel like my, like, it's so exciting because for so long, I felt like a lowly exercise physiologist. You know, I so focused more on nutrition because I was like, oh, that exercise thing. Now, if you look at the hallmarks of aging, with the exception of gut dysbiosis, which even then I could make some arguments for, all of them, exercise, in fact, is the only thing that really improves and impacts all of them, mm -hmm. right? Exercise right, right. It is the biggest anti-aging drug there possibly could be. And yet we've got a, the government making more stupid recommendations, just like their stupid protein recommendations, their stupid movement recommendations are 150 minutes of moderate exercise. That is not going to do it. That's not. No, no. I'm glad you said that. Now, shifting our mindset as we get older, like you said, you're embracing your 60s, 70s, 80s, your mom's 90, you know, so shifting the concept of aging. So talk us through the mindset shifts you made yourself as you approached, you know, as you were in your 50s and, you know, thinking, like, what, what's happening? What's the transition? What's the change of life? You, and I want to just preface this, that I've known JJ for, oh my gosh, since 2004, almost <laughs> two decades, two decades. And one thing she always, number one, walks her talk. She tells you exactly what's working for her. She shows you by example, she leads with a heart for community, bringing people together. One of her favorite sayings is that the rising tide floats all boats. It's not one person out for herself. One thing I learned from a actually the COO of Richard Branson's company, and she wrote a book on partnership. She's, you know, there's the saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think that's like bringing people together to make the big impact to when you're doing your programs, you're bringing people together in community. When you're coaching 
physicians and health entrepreneurs through Mindshare, you're bringing everyone together in community. And there's so much healing in that. And also like your positive attitude, like you are always like, you're, you're not like, okay, I've set the bar for myself. I'm at the bar and that's it. I'm good. I'm sailing. I'm smooth sailing. Now you're like, okay, what can I do next? You always have this one next right step after another. And so that is, I mean, that's a, you know, in the face of adversity and everything else. I mean, life, life always throws us some curveballs, but how you've continued to do this, number one, it's admirable. It's a great example. I think what I tell my community all the time, look for someone that you can model and use as a good example and inspiration for you. And you are always that for me. I want to tell you. Oh, well, right. You are that for me too. And, you. you know, I think one of the things that we really that helps us as we're moving, navigating these things is to have those role models who've done it already. Right. Were you at the Grammys the year that we went that- No, I missed that too. Yeah. Okay. So a bunch of us were at the Grammys uh, and we're watching the show and Dolly Parton is basically the host. Love Dolly Parton. I'm watching, I think she was like 73. I mean, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere there. And Diana Ross was celebrating her 70th birthday and she was in this big ball gown and JLo was there. And I looked and I went, holy smokes, look at these women, right? Look at these women. Look at Dolly Parton who continues to shine, continues to reinvent herself. Think of our own Mary Morrissey who continues to do the same. And what I've really done is lean into these women who I look at and I think of Mary who's, in her, I think she's just turned 73. And literally she's done more in her career in the last two years than all of her years combined. Wow. And, you know, I, so, cause occasionally I'll go, oh, I'm not where I want to be. Oh, I'm like, did I miss my time? And then I go, I haven't even touched it yet. You think of Elon Musk's mom who became a cover model at 70, like, you know, it's like, there's, there's so many amazing opportunities, but it all, it all depends on which, which way you look, right? Your perception creates your reality. So I look at this and go, I, I know that I haven't even scratched the surface of what's possible yet. And that is my whole focus. But I also know that to get there, like it's way different at 60 than it was at 20, like 20, you miss a night of sleep and eh, have some coffee, 60, you miss a night of sleep and it's like, you know, <laughs> It's devastating. So I have really prioritized self-care. And one of the ways that I did this, Anna, I finally was like, how am I going to do this? So this will like be fun and I can gamify it. So I decided I'm going to earn at least three self-care points a day and 21 a week. That way, if I miss something on a day, I can catch up the next day. And so a self-care thing could be meditating, red light, sauna, cold plunge, walk after dinner, uh, Epsom salts bath. Mm. right so mm. I, I make sure so I always good. get three it's so it's so good like right and it's not something to feel guilty for it's something that is part of my program it's required oh my gosh I love that it reminds me of collecting gems for my kids when I was you know like the nanny 911 it was um, anyway it reminded me I had these glass jars and they would get emeralds rubies or diamonds based on you know the things that they did all positive for themselves and we would mm -hmm. put this in and they would earn they earned you know three diamonds they got to stay out an hour past curfew or whatever it might be and I'm thinking oh I got to do that for me this sounds yeah, good I'm right? totally reward motivated absolutely give right. me some gems give me some gems <laughs> <laughs> just make them real this time. Just make them real. So share with us a day in your life, a day in your life. What does a day in your life look like? 
So you know that a couple of years ago, I finally like broke the habit of being myself. I got started with Dr. Joe Dispenza mm -hmm. and went all in. And so, gosh, I've been, I went to five retreats. Wow. And they're a I week long, right? Like they're, there's well, three were week long and two, I went to four, three week longs and one advanced follow-up in under a year. And then in like JJ between, sets her mind to between do April and January. And then I went to another one. So in, so in one year, I went to two, four days and three week longs and really, but I, I needed to do that. You know, here's the thing for me, meditation did not come easy. And I had the opportunity, I was sitting with him at, at breakfast and I go, do type A people with like control issues have challenges here? And he's like, uh-huh. And I just looked at, it, I went, you know, I, the first time I went and lifted weights, I didn't think, gosh, I, if I do this for a week, I'll be done. Right. So I just, right. I'm going to give this six months. I'm going to feel like I'm taking my nervous system to the gym and double down on it. And now I look at my nervous system as something I have to train, just like I train my musculoskeletal system, just like I train my cardiovascular system. Right. It's just another thing that you take care of. I think the reason people tend to forget about it is because it's not as obvious as some of the things like, oh, I can't open a jar anymore, which by the way, is a real link towards creating Aging. a higher risk of all cause mortality. Or if you're the person that's always asking people to wait up for you when you're walking, another big sign of problems. But you know, the meditation has been a huge one. So every morning, except for this morning, we do meditation. We wake up. And we being you and you and Tim. Tim. And you know, what's so funny. I should, I would love you to share your love story with all of us oh. uh, dating after 50, but I, okay. So <laughs> yeah. you guys wake up so after so you have some oxy play, you start. Here's meditating. what's hilarious is we wake up, the dogs have dog spread. So they're generally, I'm generally sandwiched between these two dogs who are five and six pounds, but they, they totally dog spread. We wake up and the minute they hear the music, and I was talking to Barry Goldstein, who does Dr. Joe's music. And I said, you know, the minute the dogs hear the music, they go down. And he goes, yeah, I actually did a pet meditation because they go straight in when we start the music and they hear eyes closed. They go zoom. This morning on Wednesdays, we go do a sound bowls and meditation class. And then we go and then we do a yoga class. So once a week we do yoga. That is about as much as I can tolerate however we do it. And then generally I'll do some, I always, I'm reading something. So right now I'm reading 10X is better than 2X, that Ben Hardy book, which is- Oh, no, I have to and get that one. It's so okay. good. It's not out till May, early May. And journaling. And then I do some work and then we go to the gym. I eat something because I have found that when I stopped fasting, doing fasted morning workouts, my strength increase went up 30%. It <laughs> was a major mm -hmm. difference. And, you know, people talk about that and like, oh, I'm going to go fasted. So I burn fat. What makes the difference in your workout is the level of intensity, the quality of the workout. Do not sacrifice quality of your workout for being fasted. That's not going to help you. You're trying to build muscle. You can't be catabolic walking into that. You need to be anabolic mm -hmm. and you're catabolic if you are fasted. So that's not a good idea. If you want to go for a walk, that's another thing. But if you're going in to do heavy resistance training, wrong thing. Then come back, get ready, and I work. And then the work thing, when we end the work thing, and, you know, it's interesting now is Tim and I work together. So we've had to put some rules in place because I was like, you know, we can end up working until 10 o'clock at night. And then we're in the bedroom. And I was like, don't do that. But we generally, when we go, we stop, we make dinner together, which really is Tim makes dinner. And I come in at the very last moment. <laughs> 
let's be honest. And ideally we go, like we do something each night. So either it's sauna, we go for a walk, you know, so we do some self-carry thing each night too. So that's cool. And I get, I'm a big sleeper. I taught Tim how to sleep. He wasn't a sleeper when I met him. That was a problem. It was the only thing he wasn't perfect at. And, you know, but that's, you know, it's funny. We travel 75% of the time, but we keep that schedule pretty much wherever we go, which is kind of fun. Yeah, no, that is awesome. That is awesome that you've gotten into this discipline that this works best for you. Yes, respects for you individually and as a couple and keeps you connected. That's so important. So just before we close, you can give us a little advice tip dating after 50. Ah, you know, it's the advice that when you look back at, at elementary school and high school and look at the stuff that that we were taught that really mattered zero, you think, gosh, if they just taught us how to have how to be great friends and great partners how to manage our money, about our health, about mm-hmm. our mindset. Think about that instead of the dumb stuff they taught us. So like the advice at 50 is the advice at 40 or 30 or, or any of these other ones. And it is what's that song that don't go changing to try to please me. And I think women do this way more than men do. Women are chameleons. And so we meet someone and first of all, we think, oh, it's okay that he doesn't dress well and his hair looks crappy and that, you know, he kind of smells and don't really like his friends because I can fix that. Right. You know, and then we look at the stuff that he likes and I go, well, I don't really like football, but I'll like football now. Yeah. It's just this ridiculous stuff. And what I made a decision after like kissing, kissing loads of frogs and then hearing Alison Armstrong talk about being a frog farmer. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was actually turning princes into frogs, not vice versa. So that, you know, what I need to do is show exactly who I am, exactly what I have to offer and exactly what I'm looking for and weed through all of the hay in the haystack and find the needle instead of trying to just see if I can make some of the hay turn into a needle because that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. And so I wrote a match.com profile that was super polarizing. In fact, I was getting hate DMs from people. That's when I knew I'd done it right. Because I thought, you know, in marketing, you want to attract the right people to you. You can't help everybody. And then you want to repel the people that are not right. And so that's what I did. And when Tim and I like went out on our third date, our second date, I brought friends with me to to like basically audition him. That's so funny. Because <laughs> I decided I had a really crappy picker. I've had this conversation with other friends. I go, yeah. go on your first date and then take friends out. And if the friends are like, eh, just, you know, I mean, you choose your friends. So have them help you choose. And the third date, I we were walking and I said, so what are you looking for? And he goes, you, I've been looking for you. And I go, well, let me tell you about me. And I just told him every single thing about me, the good, the bad, the ugly, because I didn't want it to come back to me years later or weeks later or the next day, you know, you work too much. You've got too big of ambition. Like, you know, your ex-husband's over all the time. So I was like, I'm just going to lay it all out. And if you can deal with it, great. If you can't better to know now. Right. Wow. And you and Tim just seem like you guys have been soulmates and uh, it's just been beautiful. It's been beautiful to see you grow together. He knew what he wanted and I knew what I wanted and I wanted him. I didn't want someone sort of like him that I could fix. I wanted him. He is exact. Like I love everything about him. He is the person I wanted and him with me. We didn't want someone kind of like that, that we figured we could change. It's just a different 
philosophy. And I think women in general, we, we just think about how we can change to fit what someone wants and then how we can change them to make them what we want. Don't do that. Right. I mean, great advice, right. That's, that's the biggest advice I would tell my younger self. <laughs> great advice. Great advice. All right. So to wrap up this Girlfriend Doctor show, I want to give you the Girlfriend Doctor questions. As you know, that we are founded on four pillars, pil pillar of nourish, shine, embrace and awaken. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you four questions. So for nourish, what is your favorite food you would eat? Like if it was the last food you could eat? Anything? Ooh, it would be a, well, if it was the very last food I could ever eat, if this was like my last meal, yeah, like this was it. Just one thing, huh? It's so funny. We had this conversation one it night. It can be a meal. It Well, if it was a meal, it would definitely be a like big bone-in ribeye with sea salt. That would definitely be it with a really, really good glass of wine. And then a really, really great piece of not very sweet cheesecake that's got salted caramel sauce. And then Ugh. I would have some salted buttered popcorn. That's where I got attacked. <laughs> like we were having this talk at the house, but like, what would our last meal be? And I said, salted popcorn and everyone like buttered popcorn got on me. And I go, you said, what would that like this? You're being so judgy, but. That's so funny. No, I love it. I can totally see. It. Okay. And then shine. What is um, a, a practice or a product that you use skincare wise that you're like, oh gosh, I can't go without this. This is magic. I need to do this for myself to keep me looking young. Huh? I've been playing around like I, so here's the thing. I am not a monogamous skincare person. I am not either. I'm I hate cheater. to admit it. Mm -hmm. Like, and so currently Mitopure, the same the same supplement that I've been using that helps increase strength by 28% in six weeks, made a skincare line. So I've been using this, this Mitopure urolithin A skincare. And then also that stuff, Richard Rossi turned me on to that Aonia stuff. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been using that. So those two things have been the things that I've been using. And However... You know, I the I, Ionia stuff is a combination of Kyle and David Sinclair worked through the NASA program looking at resistant bacteria or supportive mm -hmm. bacteria and incorporated that into a skincare longevity line. I'm glad you're seeing results with that. Nice. Are you cool. using it? I was using it for a little bit. I'm now it? using, not monogamous, I am now <laughs> using a um, nitric oxide, the nitric oxide uh, combination. So on my skin right now yeah. too. And I, so, then I love Trevor Cates's spa doctor and I love Sahar Sweet Dan's skincare line. It's just like, I like to keep things I didn't even simple. I know Sahar had one. I, I will tell you so to good. me the the biggest thing with skin is I've always done something every year, like a laser or something. Mm -hmm. And so that latest mm -hmm. thing I did with Dr. Rob Whitfield, where I did the no cut facelift thing with the, that does Elicor combined with face tight that I'm going to go do again has been my latest one. So I think doing those types of treatments, because I was like, I've seen friends have amazing results with facelifts and I've seen friends not. And I don't know which, you never know which one you're going to be. And like, I just really love the idea of being able to use things like Elicor or face tight or lasers and never having to cut. Yeah. yeah. Much more exciting to me. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, embrace. What is, you and Tim have been married a few years now. Bye. What it Five years, five years. And what, and I was at your wedding and Mary Morrissey married you guys. And it was just like, just the beautiful, the most beautiful setting, the most beautiful experience, two families joining so much love. And so what is one 
thing that you attribute your continuing growth and connection or that you do to continue to grow together? So we do things together like we did. We went on Mary Morrissey's Israel uh, pilgrimage together. We're going to a Bali pilgrimage. We do Dr. Joe's stuff together. So we're always doing these things that push us a little bit. And we're really trying to do things whether it's sports, travel, et cetera, that's different and kind of pushes us outside our comfort zone. But we, like every morning, we're reading personal development books together. Right now we're doing, Mary's got this eight spiritual laws of money and we're doing that course together. So we just do these things. Like we're continuing to grow together because I know if we don't, like if one of us does it and the other doesn't, guess what? You're, you grow apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And then the last one is Awaken. And uh, what is a book that you're reading right now? What's on your bedside? Right now, there are two. The first one is that 10x is better than 2x by Ben Hardy and Dan Sullivan. I love Dan Sullivan. I know. So Ben's writing, you know, Dan's books, and he wrote Who Not How. It's just he's fantastic. And then the second one I'm reading, and it was funny, I don't know where I think I might have seen it from Ryan Holiday, who I think is just an awesome rock star. And so I picked it up and it was the psychology of money. And all of a sudden I'm carrying it around and Tim's got it. And I'm like, you took my book. He goes, no, you took my, turns out we both bought the same book and we're reading it. Very How cool. crazy is that? So we're both reading that as well. So a little bit of, of that each morning as well. Very, very cool. I definitely want to thank you for that and the recommendation, spending time together. I tell you, you know, I have I have some of the best friends in my life that are people that you introduced me to. And I thank you for that. You are the great connector. So you guys check out jjvirgin.com, jjvirgin.com. Keep on her list. Watch her, follow her on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere you. I'm not um, on TikTok. Oh, okay. Instagram. I just couldn't do it. YouTube is where I'm really focused now. YouTube YouTube and Instagram. And are you at JJ Virgin? I was just trying to find my my handle and everything blew up. Yeah. So we're redoing, by the way, we're rebranding the podcast. It's going to be well beyond 40. Ooh, I like that. Don't you love that? I love that. Just, you know, JJ Virgin on YouTube and Instagram. And no, I I just don't want to do TikTok. So I don't. Yeah. Okay. Boundaries. Got to have boundaries. Been talking about boundaries all day today. It has been a key topic. So anyway, follow JJ Virgin on Instagram, YouTube, and jjvirgin.com. And you have, I mean, you have three amazing books that are out. All of them are timeless and are part of our Awaken Uh, 5. Oh, uh, Sexy Arms. I forgot that one. Well, oh, four, six. (laughs) Yeah, jjvirgin.com. Keep up with her. I think I have more, but I know you have more than me. How many books do you have? No, I have three published books. Then I have workbooks and eBooks and all other ones like that. But same thing. Oh my gosh. Anyway, we, you know, we can just chit chat forever. (laughs) So (laughs) I want to thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everything you've done in leading women, men, couples, just being a leader, leader, especially in the healthcare space where people have been and misled in medicine going to be a physician to heal and help people. And sometimes we realize that we've gone down the wrong track. So for you, if you're a healthcare practitioner, 
The Mindshare community that JJ founded is essential. I've been involved in it since the first one. Yes. <laughs> Many years ago, <laughs> since the first one. I always say, if JJ tells me to do something, I will do it because I know, again, she walks her talk and she you know, really thinks carefully before she makes a recommendation. So a lot of gems in this conversation, a lot of great pearls. And there's so much more to do. So I want you listening right now to think of one next right step that you will take as a result of healing, hearing our conversation today. And then share this episode. Definitely come over and watch it on YouTube at The Girlfriend Doctor because you will see JJ's amazing sexy arms. I mean, just amazing. Turning 60 in a couple of weeks and just an inspiration, raising the bar for all of us. So check that out and share that episode onto your social channels. That means a lot to getting this word out and to inspire others. The more we can do in community, the better we are all together. So thank you guys for being here till next time. God bless.